welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. Um, Shout out to those who have been on this journey with me. We are chugging right along and thank you to the new ones that have recently tuned in. I am Erica Dudley, your host. I'm an international board certified lactation consultant currently in private practice and the owner of Enrich Lactation that's based out of Northern Indiana. I created this podcast really to highlight, amplify, and create an audio hub of the journeys of Black lactation professionals. Today's colleague is Takara Cannon. Takara is a native of Franklinton, North Carolina. She went to North Carolina A&T State University in Greensboro, North Carolina, where she graduated in 2011 with a Bachelor's of Animal Science degree. She met her husband, Clint, at A&T, and they married in 2012. After a battle with infertility and pregnancy loss, they welcomed their twin daughters two months before their expected due date in 2015. From the challenges and obstacles that would follow, Takira cultivated the ability to further educate herself and truly decide what her calling was. In 2017, she graduated from Liberty University with a Master's of Public Health degree and a desire to work primarily with infant and maternal health. In 2020, she completed the 90-hour Certified Breastfeeding Specialist course and was trained to become a postpartum doula. Takira works in private practice at Milk and Cradle, LLC, which she launched in July of 2020 providing postpartum and lactation support to families in Charlottesville and surrounding areas of Virginia. Takira, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for offering the opportunity. Yeah, my pleasure. So just to kind of start, what I like to do with everyone is kind of take it back before um, getting into the lactation space. So share with me kind of a glimpse into pre-lactation to Kara and what you were up to. Yeah, uh, pre-lactation to Kara, I did not know what lactation was. Um, I was an animal science major in my undergrad. So I really had no, no idea or any thought processes toward this. Nobody in my family um, breastfed. So it was just not in my world. Yeah. And so what about kind of like jobs um, within animal science? What type of stuff were you doing with that? Um, I was mainly, once I started working in the field, I mainly worked in the admin management area of things. I'm a, I'm a person that really likes to care for people and things. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll, we'll talk about later, you know, why I was wanting to be in animal science anyway. But I, I learned that I really wanted to just work in admin. And I usually just held positions in management and, and did that for years. Yeah. And I imagine that's something that kind of with what you do day to day now, those skills and kind of management skills and admin type of work has really served you well. It has, it has. Um, it it, it kind of just, you learn particular things um, that kind of correlate with daily life, time management, um, the ability to uh, manage pretty much everything around you. So it, it correlates well. Yeah. And so when you graduated high school, was kind of that animal science on the forefront as far as what you wanted to be when you grew up? 
or was it something it was it was growing up I always had a love for animals I really thought that I wanted to be a veterinarian so looking hindsight at things it was either animals that I was playing with or dolls so these things have come full circle now. Um, but, you know, graduating high school, I went ahead and went into animal science thinking that I wanted to be a veterinarian. Those things and thoughts changed about my junior year of college. Um, I started attending pretty much, you know, tours of veterinary schools and going on trips that kind of let me know what things looked like further for me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but, but I went ahead and finished the degree because I'm the type of person where once I have my mindset to do something, I have to complete that task, no matter what it is. Um, and so I went ahead and finished and I was working in that admin type position while I was in college. Um, it, it just stuck around for a little bit. Got it. And so transitioning a little bit. So what came first? Was it your birth work that you do or your babies? Definitely the babies. Um, nobody in my family breastfed. It was just not in my circle at all. Um, my girls, they were, they're twins, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were born two months early. So I was very ill-prepared even for, you know, birth, even if everything was going well. I just was not in a space where I was thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't even thought about how I was going to feed them, though, you know, when it came time to make that decision, it was natural for me to just say, hey, yes, I'm going to breastfeed. But that decision was during an emergency C-section. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I made, I had, they're throwing paperwork at me and I signed the papers. But then um, hours and hours later, they come to me and they're like, hey, your babies haven't eaten, haven't had anything to eat. You're not producing anything. Which formula do you want them to have? Like kind of just mm. what brand, not, you know, can we help you with anything? So um, definitely that sparked off um, my experiences. I still didn't know, you know, what was ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it still wasn't there yet. It was, it was a little while later. Got it. And so what was kind of like that? It sounds like when your daughters were born, that kind of sparked the interest. Um, it did. Around what time period did you start going on, say, like the Google deep dive of learning? Yeah. Is this a career choice? <laughs> yeah, I still didn't know it was a, a career choice in my experience. Um, the NICU journey was about a month for one of my girls and a month and a half for the other. It started off very well. You know, once the nurses came in, they were they were helping me, but I still didn't have skilled support to help a NICU family. Mm. Um, and so I started producing very, very well. Everything went great. But as we know, with maintaining milk supply, um, there, it's very important to, you know, stick to a schedule. Yeah. And instead, I was going home and resting. My girls were like 30, 45 minutes away from me every day. So I was going home and resting and sleeping overnight and doing that within the first six weeks really, really set me up for failure, you know, once they came home. Mm -hmm. And we were also starting to combination feed before they even left the hospital with no plan of, you know, nobody was really asking me the questions that I needed to be asked. Looking hindsight, you know, there's, there's a lot that I look back on and I'm like, whoa, I, I could have got some better support. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I still didn't know. It wasn't until um, my journey ended within the first year and 
um, you know, me and my husband, he was, he was in the Air Force when we were um, in Las Vegas for six years and had the girls. So it wasn't until everything ended and in, in me trying to increase supply and do all, you know, I'm doing my own research. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until then that I even knew that it was a profession. I, I was on WIC and I was seeing, you know, WIC peer counselors. I didn't know what they were. I just thought they yeah. worked at WIC. Yeah, I didn't know that it was an actual pr- profession until I started looking at how to help myself. Yeah. And so what was kind of like that, that timeline as far as you kind of basically getting your own support with kind of researching and doing that on your own before kind of making the decision to maybe select a program or start any type of lactation education? Yeah. So I, I remember in 2016, um, I said, okay, I'm done. I even tried relactating. Um, just to see what could happen, because that's what I found that relaxation was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that same time, I was going back to work. And so um, I was going back to an animal hospital that I worked at, I was a manager at, I realized that this is not what I want to do. So me being that person, you know, once I start something, I have to finish it. (laughs) I still continued that job and career. I was promoted multiple times within the same year, but I still felt like, you know, I need to do something else. My husband was starting to get out of the Air Force. So I knew this would be an opportunity for me to make change. And so that was a year, year 2016. And 2017 is when we moved from Las Vegas to Virginia. And I took that opportunity to say, hey, if, if I'm going to make a move, let's not go back into the animal, you know, animal uh, hospitals anymore. Let's see what can happen. And the issue that I had is I moved to a very small town, so it wasn't a lot available to me. I'm looking around, looking around at what I can do. I started reaching out to, I still, first of all, I didn't know there were programs available. Yeah. Um, I started reaching out to local IBCLCs that were within 30, 45 minutes of me. And I found Marion Lou Lamb, who's an instructor for LER. Yeah. Um, but she told me about lactation education resources. And I'm like, okay, I can let me take a look at this. And that's where I found, you know, there are different routes that you could take and, and all of that. Yeah. And so I imagine for a military family, um, did you feel like there were pockets of support? I'm not sure if you lived on base or off base or kind of within that framework. Do you feel like there are kind of Um, support systems available within being a military family? Yeah, I really think it depends on where you are. So for us, unfortunately, we stayed at one military base the whole six years that he was in. So I haven't been exposed to a lot, but just in what I'm hearing, um, they differ greatly in the type of support that's available to you on that base. So for me, you know, I had WIC support prenatally, you know, I was taken care of as far as that that goes but when it came to support and and needing help after I didn't know where to go like I didn't Mm -hmm. have people reaching out to me and I'm not the type of person that's going to go and reach out to other people Mm -hmm. um so it was a lot of me trying to figure things out on my own and we didn't have we didn't I didn't know of any I still haven't found any of any IVCLCs on that base. Yeah, and so I heard you mention that uh, as soon as you said the name, Mary Lou Lamb, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I like hear her voice in my head. Yes. I also um, took the LERCBS course as well. Um, So from that, was that kind of the major decision for you as far as which program you wanted to go with or what was kind of the the pros and cons that you weighed with, with choosing to go through LER? 
Yeah, so I was I was looking at that and then I was looking at Healthy Children's and I kind of just decided based off the vibe that I got. Mm-hmm. I, so we'll talk about another experience later, but I don't do a lot of like tons of research before making a decision. I'm a very um, impulsive person <laughs> <laughs> and it has caused me some, <laughs> some issues, but yeah. um, I... I didn't weigh a lot between the two. It was really like, you know, I, I went with what I was recommended to. She was she was a like real person that I could talk to about it. And mm-hmm. that's what steered my decision. And I'm glad that I did because it, it was an amazing program. Gotcha. And I believe, because I do try to do some research on my, my interviews, <laughs> is that you also went through another program and have an additional credential. Is that correct? I do. The Military Lactation Counselor um, certificate. Yeah, so share a little bit about um, if there were any differences, kind of why you opted to go that route in addition to the LER. So in this area that I'm in, um, there are some local IBCLCs, but I was looking for ways that I could truly increase my value, um, reach specific audiences. And with my husband being prior military, he does work at a facility where active duty is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, this is kind of right before my pathway three, like mentorship, um, like reaching out to that mentor, I was looking for ways to start getting more hours and start getting more opportunities. And so with the military lactation counselor advertisements, it just came across my feed one day and I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Like, I think I could do this. And this is interesting. It's military specific. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, our prior military experience, I know how different that, that experience can be. Um, and I wanted to relate to families in that way. And also learn a little bit more about, you know, TRICARE and things that are specific to military families. So uh, the difference is, you know, LER is a lot more entailed, detailed. It was definitely more involved. But I also enjoy the community that I've that I've gotten with the military lactation counselor um, certificate. We're updated often on you know things that are changing, things that are coming down the pipeline, um, and and I enjoy that. Yeah, and I thank you for sharing. I believe you're my first guest that have, who has that credential, mm-hmm. and I know it's kind of like a very type of not necessarily niche, but it's a very specific type of experience that military parents have. And so it's not just about, do you look like me, but do you kind of share similar um, experiences that I've had that can really resonate and kind of add a layer of support. So I think that's fantastic. So I heard you mention pathway three. So share with me kind of how (laughs) you identify which pathway you wanted to go down or if that was kind of chosen for you by circumstance. Right. Um, I, it's been a while since I started, you know, looking at how to how to gain the credentials and everything so it's been since at least what 2017 that I've thought of the lactation counselor profession not back then not knowing you know there are multiple ways and multiple things that you can do Mm -hmm. within the profession once I I started looking at what I could do with the CBS um I felt limited I'm like you know it's it's a very small scope of practice and I want to do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I continued on. I'm like, okay, I, I need to do pathway three. I, I went 
to the Ibilsi website and like, how do I get there? And of course it's crazy. Um, <laughs> trying to, trying to read everything. Yes. Um, and I found out, or I figured out that pathway three would be the best route for me and my family dynamic, just with the twins and us being isolated from family. Like we don't have a lot of family support for me to go and do a pathway two program or, um, you know, work. I, the girls were younger than they're almost seven in August, wow. but you know, they weren't yet in school. So it was hard for me to even work a very demanding job, like, you know, at a hospital or at somewhere that was very strict. So I've always worked in very small, intimate type um, places so I could have that flexibility. But yeah, Pathway 3 just seemed like my best option. And so I went, you know, on the journey looking for mentors and everything. Mm -hmm. And I found uh, the future of lactation, thanks to Jada Metcalf, who's amazing. Yes. We love Jada. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, within there, I had, I had been getting, you know, denials from the local IPCLCs around just because, you know, they're like, we don't have the time to, it would be hard to manage logistics and making sure that you could come in and, you know, all of that. So lots of rejection for a while. And then I saw um, my potential mentor post in there. And I'm like, oh, and that's local. So, well, I had access to her, um, even though it was in a different state, I still had access to her. So um, I reached out to her. And again, I'm a very impulsive person. So everything looked great to me. And this was set up more like a Pathway 2 program. And that's what drew me to it. Yeah. I like being supported. I like being um, guided because um, confidence is something that I struggle with. Mm. Uh, but I felt that being in a so-called program would, you know, make me feel better headed towards the exam and headed towards gaining clinical hours and all that. Um, but yeah, it <laughs> careful of careful of uh, social media. <laughs> Yeah, so pathway, pathway three is no longer my my route, basically. Got it. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, so for people that and we see posts frequently in that feature of lactation Facebook group of those struggling with finding a mentor, kind of finding how to get these clinical hours, what, if any, recommendation would you have to those people? I definitely say um, if pathway three is your route and you have to go with a mentor, have more than one, no matter what that chief mentor says have more than one just in case something does happen whether it's positive negative whatever mm -hmm. um the more opportunity that you have to network with more than one also gives you better clinical um, experience opportunities and uh basically ask as many questions as you can if it's somebody that is saying that they've been a mentor for various years after you speak with the previous student that has gone through the program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's super smart is to kind of, you know, do your, your interview as well to see if it's yeah. going to be a good fit, not just about the vibe, but what has been the experience of other people yeah. that have been a mentee for that person. Um, I think that's important. A lot of times we can kind of get kind of narrowed in and focused to say that I just need a mentor. I don't care yeah. how yeah. they come. I just need a mentor to get these hours, but it's really going to serve you better long-term is right. to have someone right. that you feel like is invested in your journey. And it's not just this transactional type of experience. Exactly. You yeah. know, 
if you're, if you're pay, especially if you're paying thousands of dollars for this, I was willing to do that because I was offered the opportunities that I'm looking for. I'm offered gaining hours and all of that. And so, yes, it was comparable to a pathway too, but more convenient for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I noticed uh, capacity issues. Like, you know, if each one of us students need to gain 500 hours, in 10 months or so, you know, it's very much set up like a pathway too. Yeah. How much business should this uh, <laughs> uh, mentor have? It should be booming. Like it should be crazy. And that's where I noticed that I would be having an issue. Yeah, I think that's super important. And so as far as where you work and ways you work in this field, I believe you're in private practice, but let me know if yes. there's any additional things that you do outside of your private practice and then share a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, I am in private practice primarily. And that is, you know, I'm also a postpartum doula. Mm -hmm. um, so becoming a postpartum doula was also that additional touch that I needed to really feel like I was helping these families. Like I was not satisfied seeing them one time or only via text. And I needed to be in their environment because it's a lot more than just infant feeding. So I wanted to be able to assist them in their homes, you know, talk about other things that might be affecting their ability to stick to a care plan. So in addition to being a postpartum doula in private practice, I network with community um, resources. So there's a local doula collective that I work with. Well, I don't work with them, but I contract with them. Mm -hmm. um, and they are called the Birth Sisters of Charlottesville, and they are doing amazing things here locally in Charlottesville, Virginia. But I also make sure that I'm reaching out to, you know, birth centers and uh, local pediatricians and offices, dentist offices, just letting them know that I work in the community um, as a postpartum doula and also um, with very basic lactation support. Yeah, and I think you made a really great point in that a lot of people, they may get kind of a credential on their way to becoming an IBCLC and feel like they're in the waiting room and mm -hmm. they're just kind of waiting to get those letters. But it's really an opportunity to kind of hone in on those counseling education skills, to start networking, to start figure out, you know, what works for you and what doesn't taking on another type of credential that kind of gives you kind of that full range of involvement right. if you're looking for that. Um, yeah. So I think you're a perfect example of that and not, of not just kind of waiting, getting these clinical hours to get the credential to start, Yeah. but really yeah. gradually progressing through it. So that way, when you pass, speaking that into existence, when yeah, exactly. you, pass, <laughs> you can pivot in whichever direction and you're ready for it. Your community knows that you're a resource um, so I think that's super important for people that are listening that may kind of be in the in-between zone. There's a lot yes. of work to be done there as well. A lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And so would you say that you have an area of focus or a niche? I know that you're a NICU parent. You're also a, an ex-military family. So <laughs> if you have one, what would you feel that would be? Yeah, I have a few choices, right? <laughs> well, right now as a CVS, and I, I pretty much bundle this up and just say I'm a lactation counselor just with, you know, various certifications. Um, yep. I'll just say I'm a lactation counselor. Um, I stick to very minimal um, support, and that's, you know, prenatal. I definitely um, encourage a lot of prenatal um, 
you know, with my social media that I need to do better about. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm there for the very first weeks in initiating and maintaining lactation. So there are times where, you know, I'm thrown some, something a little bit more involved, but um, I definitely do what I feel I'm skilled to do and uh, I'll refer out whatever. But when I become an IBCLC, I do have a couple of ideas for some niches that I may go for. Mm-hmm. Um, in my journey, um, just in, in joining um, what maternal health looks like in the United States, I dealt with infertility mm-hmm. uh, before we had the girls. So going through that journey, you know, you're in this little capsule community of people that take very good care of you most of the time. And then once you graduate from uh, your infertility clinic, you're placed back into a general population of individuals, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, and so, you know, I felt that, well, I feel now that there may be some parents who have given birth and conceived via, you know, artificial insemination or some type of support. And that history itself can have an effect on lactation and nobody Mm -hmm. is telling them this. Yeah. Um, So I really want to, when I become an IBCLC, I want to dig deep into, you know, those issues, conditions um, that can have an effect on um, lactation and really, you know, show that community that I'm there to, there to support and skill to support um, their specific need. And I think that's so important. And, and to your point, it's not something that you just kind of run around and kind of see that information being provided. I know it's yeah. something that individually I may kind of assess for prenatally, but as far mm-hmm. as, you know, if someone's searching for that type of support specifically, and then getting it from someone who has had that personal experience, yeah. I think that's a huge opportunity to add value and be a resource to those parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking as far as infertility, I mean, speaking specifically for myself, um, that is not um, a hurdle that I had to kind of maneuver around, but pregnancy loss is something that I've experienced multiple times. And so being a birth worker, um, that is something that is a little bit jarring um, yeah. it can be triggering <laughs> at times again speaking individually but you know you're working with pregnant people and people that are having babies and you know it could be in tandem to you kind of experiencing this emotional roller coaster yourself exactly. or possibly one of your clients could have a loss and so in general it's a, an emotionally draining um, type of profession um, so Very how do you so. kind of maneuver that personally for yourself Yeah, I just, you know, I take it one day at a time, one client at a time. If I felt, if I feel that I've struggled in helping someone or struggling in helping someone, I reach out to my village. I think finding your village of like-minded people um, is super important because just as we are, we are supporting these families, we can, we're going to need somebody to support us as well. And so I, I definitely take some time for myself on a weekly to kind of debrief um, and and get that off my chest if I need to. I love that word debrief. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. And um, <laughs> your, 
Nurse Nikki was on a couple episodes ago and she talked about, you know, having a therapist, which is something that I've gotten back into the routine of, Mm -hmm. is that if we are not taking care of ourselves or leaning into our um, tribe or village or support system, like we tell our parents to, right, the families that we're supporting, then we're doing them a disservice because we're not able to kind of work at a high capacity, not just for ourselves and our our personal family, but also for them. So I think that's super critical. Yeah. And so as far as I know, one of your goals in the field is becoming an IBCLC. But after that's done, what's kind of a big audacious goal that you have um, within this lactation space? Yeah, I want to, I mean, my big dream is to open like a brick and mortar building and it be the one-stop shop for maternal mental health support, um, you know, prenatal support, um, just pretty much a one-stop shop that they could go to um, for their needs. And I know it's, it's a huge, huge task because there's so much <laughs> involved yeah. in that. Um, but I want lactation. I want, you know, postpartum doulas there, uh, birth doulas. I want the whole maternal tribe um, in one space so that they aren't hopping around from space to space to their appointments and, and, you know, they could really find a community of people that are together and, you know, on one accord for them. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And the word that came to mind when you were saying that was ease, right? Mm -hmm. So having this opportunity, the standing building where they don't have to kind of rearrange transportation or, Mm -hmm. you know, appointments are spaced out on different days, you kind of have this um, hub of support. Right. right there where everyone is available. And it's something that a lot of times as individual providers in private practice, we may kind of feel isolated mm-hmm. or that we're working in these silos, but it's really about kind of going through the exercise of getting out into your community and networking right. and inviting people out to coffee or going and introducing yourself to let them know that you're available. And yeah. it sounds like that's something that you are really good at. Um, <laughs> Because you've been doing a lot of work, again, just with other doulas and you being a doula yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's so fantastic and something that I'm sure is going to come to fruition. Because to your point, you always say that when you start something, you got to Exactly. It, right? Exactly. I might pivot a little bit, but we're yeah. going we're gonna to finish that task. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're, we're a few years into when you kind of learned about lactation. If there's anything you can kind of go back in hindsight and kind of tell yourself, um, what would that be? Um, I think the thing that has triggered me most and bothered me most is not necessarily the time that it's taking, but with the Pathway 3 decision, I made that decision very on a whim, not on a whim much, but there were some factors where I felt very confident in making the decisions where I didn't do my due diligence in research. Um, So in hindsight, there is so much that I could have done to prevent what happened to me Um, because now it's a scar. It's a scar Mm -hmm. that that just follows me and I don't want it to happen to anyone else. And it's just not a story that I can tell right now. Um, But it's just sad that that things like, like, um, it's just sad that aspiring lactation professionals that don't have it the easy route of being a nurse or, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know, we have these hurdles and obstacles and pretty much some can be predators, um, yeah. on that vulnerability. So, yeah, yeah I, 
I would definitely do a little bit more research and make better decisions around uh, throwing money at pathway three. Yeah, and I think that's perfect. And, and some people may kind of shy away from kind of sharing what, what you can share about that experience, but it yeah. does such um, a service to people that are listening or that you've, if you posted about and they've kind of observed to mm -hmm. take a second look and kind of take a beat to kind of see, um, is this really the right person or direction or whatever the case may be that I should yeah. be going in without kind of time influencing that decision, mm -hmm. right? As far as how mm -hmm. long it's going to take and different things like that, because it is a marathon and not a sprint. Exactly. Getting to ex exam day may feel like a sprint, but long-term the work and kind yeah. of, you know, the excitement really begins after Mm -hmm. You get whatever yeah. credential you're seeking. Um, yeah. So for someone inspired who is listening to your story, what is a suggestion that you would kind of give them for how to start? Um, how to start. So the idea is there already that, you know, this might be something they're interested in. But I really think a good question to ask themselves first before they even look at anything else is why do I want to do this work and where do I want to do it? Mm. Um, because that could influence what pathway you choose. Um, and that's if you're going to IBCLC. You don't have to go all the way to IBCLC to work with lactating families. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to kind of know uh, what else is out there and know that, you know, IBCLC is, is top tier. Um, but there are some other credentials if you just want to work with lactating families that are definitely not as involved. So don't get very overwhelmed. Um, find someone that you can speak with and talk to. Nikki and Nikki Lactation Career yes. Consultants are amazing. We love Nikki um, and Nikki. Yes. So, you know, the, I think that's a good place to start in finding out pathways, um, lactation education resources. They have a YouTube channel um, that, you know, they have videos on, that kind of, it, it makes it better to um, absorb the information by listening to someone talk about it. Yes. Then, then reading it and then digesting it yourself. Yeah, I believe I shared the story that when I first learned about it, like you, I kind of stumbled upon a, a Google rabbit hole. Yeah. And I found Nikki and Nikki after going to the embassy website and was immediately shut the page. I was like, this yeah. is not. <laughs> yeah, it's super overwhelming. <laughs> It's just not computing, but going and watching those YouTube videos of live people that look like me and kind of sharing, you know, what they do in their profession, yeah. how they came to do it. It was like, okay, yeah. like seeing someone else that looks like you do it mm -hmm. gives you kind of that green light to say that, okay, I can do that too, right? It yeah. may not be the specific yeah. route that they took, but I know the end goal can be the same for me by seeing somebody else do it. And I think exactly. that's a perfect example of what hopefully I'm doing with this podcast is that <laughs> showcasing the variety of ways people have entered the field, right. um, that they're progressing through the field, the timelines, the mm -hmm. variety in that. Um, so hopefully I'm achieving that mission. <laughs> you are, you are. It's an amazing, amazing resource for people. Just like I said, like information is much more easy to digest when you can relate to it. So when you have a voice in your ear that's sounding like yours, yeah. <laughs> um, when you can relate to some people's uh, experiences, it really, really helps to get you going. And sometimes if you've stalled out a little bit, it helps you to restart. 
Yes. Um, same with the future of lactation. I had kind of stalled for a little bit. And when I found that, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I need, yeah. to, I need to be here. I need to stay here. Um, and that was when it was called IB, future IBCLCs of color. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it, those are amazing resources to get started. Perfect. And with that, we'll transition over into the letdown segment of the show. Um, so this is meant to be yes, no, short answer, free-flowing um, answer to rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Okay, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. If you knew being a lactation professional was a career option before having your children, do you think you would have been drawn to it? Probably not. My, if- my experiences really, really made me want to help prevent it from happening to someone else. So yeah, I, 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 like I said, I knew that breastfeeding was a thing, but it just wasn't as important as it is to me now. Perfect. If you could only name one person, who is someone within the profession that has had the greatest impact on your journey? I'm going to say Jada, Jada Metcalf, just for creating that uh, Facebook group. So much has been opened up to me, even, you know, even though I had a negative experience come out of it, Mm -hmm. um, finding that Pathway 3 mentor, I've met so many different people and so many different opportunities to talk with people that I thought I didn't, you know, I wouldn't ever talk to um, just from being in a Facebook group. And so I, I looked at, you know, how that all happened and it started with being in a Facebook group. And so thanks to Jada. Yeah, shout out to Jada. <laughs> Next question is, is running a business as challenging as you anticipated? It is. Um, Agreed. I knew, I knew, <laughs> yeah, I knew it would be a little bit of a challenge. I launched in, um, during the pandemic, my husband mm-hmm. had deployed. I launched in July of 2020. I have twins that were, you know, starting to do school virtually, had no idea what I was doing. Um, thankfully a lot was virtual. So, and it was a new, new business. So I didn't have a lot of business, but now I'm like, Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. (laughs) Yeah. I mean the, the bookkeeping and then scheduling and trying to manage. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And so my final question is, do you feel your journey has been worth it thus far? Very much so. I definitely believe that all things happen for a reason. And all of my obstacles and challenges will make me a better IBCLC. Um, I I take every experience and make it relatable um, to my future. Absolutely perfect. Well, Takira, thank you so, so much for joining me please share where we can find you, your website, social media. How can we stay connected? Yes, uh, my website is www.milkandcradle.com. And on both Facebook and Instagram, my at is milkandcradleva, VA, short for Virginia. Perfect. I will have those links and resources in the show notes. Um, thank okay. you all for joining us on this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. You can learn more at levelinguplactation.com. You can follow me on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Erica D. IBCLC. Please remember to subscribe, follow, and leave a review. And be sure to